Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. On today's episode, we are back with another installment of our Young, Gifted, and Black Ademic <laughs> topic. So if you haven't been keeping track, we've had three other episodes that have to do with being young, gifted, and Black in the Academy. So this episode is about mentorship and why it matters. So as I said before, this is a series, so you can expect about 10 of these, and we have shirts to come as well about this. So... Um, one thing that we do want to give is a disclaimer that these uh, pieces of information, this advice that we give, it's based on our own experiences as PhD students, as faculty who are Black <laughs> young women engineering at uh, flagship universities. So those are that's our uh, context there. So your mileage may vary. So just uh, keep that in mind. You ready, Jeremy? I'm ready. I'm ready because this episode is about mentorship. Yes, and that is your jam. That's that's where my heart is, y'all. Like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I know how I got here, but it's just been, it's been a fun journey to, like, kind of get to this place where, like, I'm doing research and work in a space that, like, actually matters to me. Yeah. And it should matter to all of us because... There's so much that effective mentorship can do to help propel you into the career that you want. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Like, I think it's funny how, you know, when you have a faculty member who is your advisor or a mentor, you know, this is the only job that you can have without ever having any experience or get any sort of, you know, training explicitly on how to be a mentor. Like usually someone's just kind of coming along and they're like, hey, I think you should be my mentors. Like, what does that mean? So I think it's really cool to explicitly focus on mentorship and not letting it just be like a byproduct of something else. 100% agree. So we'll we'll jump into that by talking about like kind of how I got here in some ways, right? Yeah. So um, a long, long time ago. <laughs> Once upon a time in a world far, Once far away. <laughs> Actually, it was this world right here. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like six miles from you right now. So that's kind of far true, that's if true. you're walking. That's true. Um, so we kind of have jumped into like my difficult slash traumatic PhD experience and like what that was like for me um, and how I met Juan Gilbert and the process and how he kind of 
helped me navigate the end of my PhD program and then gave me an opportunity to be a, a postdoctoral scholar in his lab. And, you know, I think as a postdoctoral researcher, you're, you're given a lot of responsibility, but you're also given a lot of opportunity. Um, and in my case, because Juan is slash was a department chair, um, I got to learn about even more. Uh, and so he kind of like opened the door for me to see all of the types of opportunities that come to someone who's well known in their field. And one of the opportunities that he was given, um, I used a strategy <laughs> of mentoring to eventually uh, get myself in the room with the people who do research. So I do research on mentoring specifically. Um, so Juan got an email. He's really excited. He likes to tell me when he gets exciting emails. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I think Kyla too. Yes. <laughs> And also Shawnee, yes. shout out to Shawnee uh, Daly, who is at Duke now. Um, so I got, I was like in his office in one of our meetings and he's like, I got this really cool email. I've been invited to like be a part of this National Academy's uh, commissioned report and we're going to go to the National Academies in Irvine, California, and it's going to be a workshop and this person's coming and that person's coming. And I'm just like... I want to go. Right. <laughs> and he's like, you can't go. I was like, why can't I go? And he's like, well, you didn't get invited. And I was like, you're Juan Gilbert. Make something happen. Send, send an email. Right. <laughs> send an email and see if I can come. He's like, I can't do that. And I'm like, again, <laughs> you're Juan Gilbert. Just send the email. So he actually does it. Like, I, he's like, what should it say? I literally <laughs> dictate to him what the email should say. And he hit send right in front of me. And I was like, great. All right. So now I'm going. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, so don't expect anything. And like, literally, um, like a day later, they were like, of course she can come. And not only that, like, we want her to speak. See, so I was like, do Jesus. See, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so anyways, that strategy is called mentoring up. And we can talk about that later. But I was invited to speak on a panel at the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine's, um, one of their meetings on a study on the science of effective mentorship in STEM with an extra M for medicine. And so um, it was really, really remarkable. I mean, I didn't really know what I was inviting myself to. I just knew that it sounded cool, right? And basically the National Academies, they work with, um, people who are really well known for the research that they're conducting in those disciplines. Um, and so in this case, you know, these are researchers from engineering, computer science, um, psychology, even uh, medicine, who focused a lot of their work on mentorship. And they were convened for this uh, particular meeting to discuss some of the commissioned papers um, that they asked individuals to um, do related to mentorship in the STEM disciplines. Um, and so I got to hear talks from some amazing researchers, so Ebony McGee, Brian Burt, Stephanie Page, Bronda Montgomery, and, and Joy Mundisa, like all the of dream them. Team. <laughs> Yeah, the, these are all people who um, 
in the STEM education space are like renowned and um, or up and coming in the in that space. Um, and not to mention like the people on the committee. So like, you know, I know I already knew um, Renetta Garrison Till, but yeah, and she's like over in California now, which is kind of weird. Um, but the time she wasn't, she was still, I believe, at uh, UMBC. UMBC. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Angela Byers Winston, who does a lot of work in like medicine, Chris Fund, who is like one of my favorite people on earth Aww. and is over uh, the Center for the Improvement of Mentored Experiences in Research. Um, and some other people that like, I, I mean, I met them at this event, uh, Aaron Dolan, uh, Laura Lunsford. So, so you met the whole the person, team. I met everybody. I met Just everybody. You asked someone to doing... send an email to say, look, look can I come? <laughs> so, I mean, some of these people, like I hit it off really well with, and you know, they followed up, they checked in with me. They've been tra- tracking my trajectory, wants some, some pictures of Amara, like Aww. that, that level of like, we want to support her and her career. Um, and it all kind of points back to the fact that like mentorship isn't just their research. It's, it's about who they are, right? Like, so they're not only, um, you know, researching this stuff, like this is, they practice what they preach, right? They put their practices in practice. Right. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that came out of their work together was this really long report that incorporated some of the findings from the studies that um, were presented at that meeting that I attended. And we'll link to it and in the show notes. If you yeah. go on our website, we'll have a link to the report. So there's the report. There's an online guide. So at some point I was invited to contribute to the committee more meaningfully because I kept attending things. Um, <laughs> they had other workshops and things. Um, and so I became an unofficial member. Um, but I actually was invited to be a consultant on the project for their website implementation. So that meant like we talked about like what features would be helpful and devised the idea to make like this online guide that synthesized like the highlights of the information um, they actually created a podcast, which I thought was really cool. Oh, they decided to do that. Um, and so you can hear some snippets of some people across the country um, who are doing work in mentorship as well. So that brings us to our conversation for today, which is, you know, what is mentorship? What does it mean to have a mentor? I'm what supposed does that to ask you like? that. <laughs> and, yeah, I know. But... <laughs> I was already talking and I, I feel like I could talk about this for days. I was telling Rod, like, I'm really excited that we're talking about this because I mean, I, I think for me, I was the project manager of the Institute for African American mentoring and computing sciences, (laughs) but I never made the connection that mentorship was scholarship Mm. until I attended this event. And that it could be something I studied. Yeah, and that's super Mm -hmm. important. Like, I know we're going to get into the topic of, you know, what is uh, mentorship, but like, or what is a mentor, but I think it's also important to talk about why the scholarship around mentorship is important. Like, why can't it just be something that just, you know, happens? People have been being mentors for years. Why do we need to study it? No, (laughs) no. No. And, and, and that's like a narrative that we have to completely like 
disrupt. Yeah. Right. Because like you said, oh, I'm just thrust into this relationship with someone. Does that make me their mentor? No. The idea Not of a good this, one. like high <laughs> girl. The idea that there's this hierarchical structure to mentoring, it's really problematic and something that can be detrimental to, you know, especially the person who has less experience in the space. Um, you know, it could really affect your self-efficacy, your confidence, your sense of belonging, a lot of different aspects of who you are because, you know, I think that I know everything and you know nothing. Right. Right. It's a, it's a deficit approach to what could be something very different. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say this definition Mm -hmm. that they came up with. So it's a professional working alliance in which individuals work together over time to support the personal and professional growth development and success of the relational partners through the provision of career and psychosocial support, which is a lot of words, words. (laughs) but like, let's break it down. Right. Like one, it's a professional alliance, right? So we are coming together in a professional sense. This is not like, you're my friend, we're friends, and I'm going to support you. So, you know, parents, our parents, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and they can definitely, like, guide you and support you, right? But, like, in a professional sense, like, we're talking about, like, how do you, how do I help you achieve your career goals? Like, for this series, how do I help you achieve your academic goals, Right, because that's your profession, right? Like you're a student, and student is a profession, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, oftentimes, you'll see it like in the drop-down menu of like, what do you do, right? So it's a full-time job. Um, yeah, um, and then like I also like the provision of career and psychosocial support. So it's not just about you know what is it that you're studying, what are you working on. It's about you as a whole person and there's been a lot of discussions of late about like the importance of well-being like your mental health yeah and how critical that is to success like you can't bring your whole self to work if you you know aren't fully who you are meant to be because of your mental health or state of your health so anyways um that's the thing that I think is really important to consider yeah. and it's time bound. So it's not like this wide open free for all, like we're going to be together forever. <laughs> unless you want to, uh, but you know, unless both of you yeah. or all of you want to, yeah. right? Like um, it's, it's something that should be for the period of time that makes sense for all the people involved. Um, so yeah, so that's the definition of mentorship. I like it. And yeah, I think the other piece of that is like, I'm saying mentorship a lot and not mentoring and I'm not necessarily saying mentor all the time. And that's because mentorship doesn't create this idea in your mind that like one person holds the knowledge and one person doesn't hold it. So if I say like, you're being mentored, 
right? Like that means somebody is mentoring you and it's not a unidirectional thing, right? Like if, if it's being something that's effective, like everybody benefits, we all benefit from the relationship that we have. So yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. So in graduate school, mm-hmm. what is the role of your mentor? It depends. Lovely. It depends. <laughs> it's a it trick depends. question. It depends. Yes. It's a trick question. I, okay. So whenever I give talks about mentorship, I always say like, your advisor isn't necessarily your mentor. Right. And that's because sometimes your advisor does not care about your health, like your mental, your psychosocial health, like whether or not you have the support you need. So is that really true mentorship? I don't think so. Um, And yeah, you can help me achieve my career goals, but at what cost? Right. Right. And I feel like also like people think of a mentor as just one person who knows everything Mm -hmm. that's good for your life, you know, because like you say, your mentor might be able to lead you through on one specific topic. You know, they can maybe mentor you in the discipline to learn the discipline. But, you know, you may get have another mentor for work life balance or have another mentor that can talk about spirituality or mixing them together, just being in academia in general. So, uh yeah, so that was kind of a trick question about what's the role of the <laughs> mentor. Number one, there is no yeah. the mentor because going back to exactly what you were saying, there is no guru, you know, I know everything and you know nothing kind of thing. And you just are supposed to be a clone of this person. You know, that's just not true. Yeah. And and the other piece of that is like, you know, I I in science, you know, we like to have replicates of things to show (laughs) whether or not it's actually functioning properly right like we don't just believe it the first time we test the waters and see like okay can i reprove this in a different way or like is this method gonna work is it foolproof um i think the same thing is true when you're seeking advice of people right like everybody's experience is different. Like we even talk about in the beginning of this, like your mileage may vary because the circumstances that you're in may be different. And so um, I am someone who makes decisions by committee. I get feedback from different people and then I make my decision and it might be what the first person told me. um, But until I have enough evidence to support that decision, I'm not going to move unless I just am really confident in the decision, right? Yeah. Some people call it a board of directors or wise counsel, you know, because there's multiple people who, and we're all vastly different people. So you might give me advice based on your context and what you think, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it may or may not apply to my situation. Right. So I, I definitely feel like having multiple people around you makes a lot of sense. And there are mentorship models, right? That look at different structures of, of mentor mentoring and how that functions. So um, Baronda Montgomery and Stephanie Page actually wrote um, a paper on that. And it's really, really insightful because it, it talks about like moving away from the dyad of like, mentor mentee only in a relationship there could be different structures based on what you need 
and what you're experiencing that would be most beneficial. Um, and so like in the research side of it, it could be that, you know, you're someone who has strong social capital, like you're connected and well connected to people who are privileged and can, you know, help you navigate certain structures better um, because of that privilege and because of who they know. So um, it really just kind of depends on what, what you're, what you need the mentorship for, right? So you need a mentor with some juice is what I'm hearing. I think you need multiple mentors for different things. Yeah. Well, I guess whoever you enter, you know, in a number of mentorship relationships with, they need to have some, some power, some something. I definitely think it's beneficial to have some people in your board. Yeah. Who hold the keys to the castle. No, that's really (laughs) true because I would have never understood what it takes to be a faculty member. Like just like just from being around Juan and him being so open as a chair and just sharing all the stuff that happens and then him just being super transparent, you know, about everything Mm -hmm. because you might think, oh man, the department chair made a crazy rule for all of us. It's like, well, actually the board of governors said this and then the provost enacted this and told the dean to do this. So this is the way that we're meeting that rule. And it's like, oh. I see it that way versus someone who may not have any power or leverage or because it just it just boggles me sometimes how some faculty don't know how the university works and like we'll be in meetings and they'll propose things. I'm like, do you not know that's not how this works? (laughs) (laughs) I think the same is true. And as an undergraduate student, oh, definitely. Um, Like as an undergraduate student, you may not even know (laughs) beyond who like is your instructor in your classroom, you may not even know anyone, anything or anyone else. That's, right. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not unheard of or unreasonable, right. To, to be in that circumstance. Like you're just here to take some classes and be done. Yeah. Right. But I think as soon as you start thinking about like pursuing research, now this whole other world opens up to you where you start to realize like, Oh, there's departments and the departments are part of a college. Right. And that college is part of, you know, if you're at a university, that college is connected to multiple entities, these different academic units on my campus. And um, it's, it's really, really interesting to learn about. And it's hard to do that if you're connected to someone who doesn't have that insight. Yeah. I agree. So it kind of segues into the next question. So we've already talked about that attribute. Like, how do you find the right mentor? Like, how do you know when the relationship and we have we were saying that there's n number of mentors that we can have for various <laughs> as, you know aspects of our lives. But how do you know that someone is the right person to enter a mentorship relationship with? I think you realize it pretty quickly if it isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> so, that part. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think about role models, like people like aspirational mentors and people that I see that I think I want to be. Yeah. Right. And those are the people that I've sought out for mentorship where it's like, I, I see what you're doing. I like what you're doing. I want to know more. Right. How do we get here? (laughs) Right. Can you pull back that curtain? 
like in the Wizard of Oz and tell us what's going on right. back there <laughs> and explain like in detail, like how, how you got here, what steps I should take if I want to get there. Um, so I think about role models first. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's just like, you know, maintaining effective communication. It's, you know, does this person have the same shared values as I have? Um, are we, is there a specific goal that I have in mind? So like, if I want to be a Dean, can you help me get there? Or are you someone who thinks administration is the enemy? Terrible. So, <laughs> right. That would not be the right mentor not, for someone. not going to be right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, if I'm a grad student, it might be a senior grad student. I'm just starting out as a grad student. And I see that grad student is like almost out the door. Right. But they're doing work that I like really admire. And I, I've seen them give talks and I'm like, wow, they're so polished. How can I get like that? What did they do? Um, I would align myself with that person yeah. and see if what they did really fits what I'm willing to do or interested in doing. Because um, sometimes it's just not a match. Yeah. I really like the point about the shared values because I feel like that's the part that really helps with the decision making sorts of things. Because, you know, they can mentor you through any sort of situation, but if you have a completely different value structure or setup, than I do, yeah. then, you know, I'm ultimately not going to be on the same page as you with whatever it is that you say. So um, it's definitely, you know, that is super, super important. Like, I just always think of, okay, do I want to be like this person in this aspect right. of their life? And like, for me, I like people who have really good work-life balance, but are still extremely um, just prolific in their writing and they're excellent scholars mm-hmm. and highly regarded, but also don't look like work is driving them crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely can see how, um, for me, like that is probably the baseline. Like we're going to start there. Right. Like, do we believe the same things? And then from there, it's like, okay, can you, assist me in some way in achieving a goal that I have. Right. And it's usually not like from, from the relationships that I have, they've all been kind of organic. So my, one of my closest people in my life, Dr. Angela Lindner, um, became one of my mentors because she took over the position that my mentor had Mm -hmm. at the university Um, so she immediately followed him in that role. And because I like lived there (laughs) in that that office, (laughs) um, we just talked a lot about like my experience as an undergraduate student in engineering and got to know each other really well. Um, we talked about everything, our faith, food, exercise, um, (laughs) student organizations, classwork, my experience, you know, as a, as a black female student in our program, research opportunities, like what I saw myself doing long term. And she's really like helped me navigate. She helped me navigate graduate school because um, she became an external member on my committee. And everyone knew that I knew her, but they didn't know like how well I knew her. So she was kind of like this 
secret spy <laughs> on my committee to help That's great, though. You know, communicate with me. You're supposed to have this person. Yeah. So if you don't have this person, find them. But identify somebody who can, like, report back. Yes. Like, this is what you really should be focused on. Right. And here's how I can help you do that. So, like, you know, I definitely am grateful for her support through that process. But it all started with, like, oh, so you like the stuff that I like. Uh, And you're passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. Um, Minus the exercise piece. (laughs) Not really. Nobody really likes exercise. They're just pretending. She definitely does. She definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's brainwashed herself. I don't know. No, my goodness. But um, I I really like the fact that you know those organic sorts of relationships can happen. But also, there's times when you just see someone out in the wild, and it's like, hey, I want to be like you. So um, I know I have some strategies. And what are your strategies for like? (laughs) getting that person to perhaps like be your mentor without walking up to them and being like, hello, can you please sign my mentorship contract? And we're going to talk once a month and, you know, (laughs) without making it super weird. (laughs) I'll just say this, like, first of all, we're extroverts. Yeah, we are. So this is a space that like is really, really, really easy for us. Um, And I think that it's important to acknowledge that most people who are in the STEM disciplines are not extroverted. It's just what it is. Um, And so whenever I get asked this question about like either my network or like the people who are my mentors, like how did they become your mentors? I don't really have a good answer because there's just, I talk to people. Yeah. Like, and that's not really a good answer. It's just, it's what happens. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I have helped other people who aren't extroverted identify people who they could be mentored by and use my extrovertism to make the to connection. Yeah, 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 to support them in that journey. Yeah, there's a. But I'd love to hear your strategies. So I'll start first with. Um... what I learned from an introvert. So I mentor a student who is a self-proclaimed introvert. And one of the things that she did is um, in her individual, you know, research domain, she volunteered on a committee that allowed students. So uh, she does the newsletter. So it's a way that she could just do that, but also still have the FaceTime and have this regular meeting Mm -hmm. time with people who are very prominent in the field, who are over the specific society. So then when she wants to say, hey, I'm on the job market, you know, what's available? Or can you read my application or my essay? It's not such a huge ask because this is someone that you've had the face time and the quality time with. So I would definitely suggest introverts, you know, maybe there's a small service role that you can put yourself into so that if you're not the loudest person at the conference, or if you're not giving a presentation, (laughs) you could definitely have this already made, you know, regular meeting time with folks in your field. So that was something I was like, oh, wow, you really did that. And especially during COVID, because we were talking about like networking yeah. and COVID and how it's really hard in general to meet people. Add the extroversion, that's another layer. And then add the I can't be outside, <laughs> you know, it's another layer. So um, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But for me, I don't 
use the word mentor. Like, I'll just be like, hey, what are you doing today? Can I get you some coffee? Oh, by the way, can we talk about blank? So, and I would just do that every month. Like, there's one specific uh, Damon Woodard. Like, I did that to Damon. Like, I was like, he's going to be my mentor, but he doesn't know it. And, you know, I'm like, hey, let's get coffee. We have to catch up. And then it's always, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to do this, apply for this. In three years, do this. So, I'm like, and all they call and was meanwhile, <laughs> and meanwhile, I had the reverse, right? Like mm-hmm. where I wasn't trying to be mentor. <laughs> oh yeah, mentorship was thrust upon me. <laughs> yes, yes, it was um, by Juan. So you know, it's just one of those things where it's just sometimes it just happens. Like it's meant to be. Like all of the stars align, and like you meet this person, and they're amazing, and like you're amazing. So yeah. Why not? And sometimes why not support each other? Mentors can be introverts. So sometimes they yes. might need you to introduce yourself to them. Cause like Damon's also an introvert. Yes. So it's like one of those if I had never explicitly said, Hey, let's go get, you know, coffee, let's have lunch, mm-hmm. it would have never happened. He has tons and lots of other people have really good information and tons of it and are really open to telling you how they got where they are and how they do what they do. But if you don't pull it out of them, it'll just stay there. Yep. Yep. All of that. All of that. So I definitely think that, you know, in terms of finding the right people, it's just, you gotta, you gotta try. You gotta put yourself out there. And sometimes the answer is a no. And that's fine. If you make, make an ask and yeah, that's fine. I remember, um, we had this guy, hold on, let me look him up, (laughs) come to, um, UF as part of, um, like the dean's advisory board meeting and then like a like speaker series that was associated with it and like he was invited to give a talk and he talked about his book which was called the medici effect um so it's franz johannesson and he was like oh like i really enjoyed your comments like let's stay in touch let's talk you know let's stay connected and we had one really good conversation but that was it Hmm. so like this is like someone who's like kind of famous that I got connected with and um, it didn't work out. He was super cool though. And I appreciated like his support and his even making the attempt to try to support me. I thought that was really awesome of him. Um, but sometimes it's just not meant like this season isn't right or whatever. Sometimes like, people it's are just, at capacity. People. Yeah. People are busy. Like we're talking about right now, Kyla and I like, it's it's the chaotic times. K-O-T. We're we're living <laughs> we're living in chaos. Yeah. Um, I don't know who said but... I was on sabbatical because I've clearly not sabbaticaled yet. Fake sabbatical. Fake sabbatical. Um, I need another one. But yeah, so it's it's one of those things where it's like you know, there's there's that piece where it's like it may not work out initially, and then there's the piece of like you may have started the process and then realize like mm, this ain't it. Yeah. I mean, and it's a vibe check. It's like, if you don't want to have an actual extended conversation with this person, it's (laughs) probably not a good mentoring relationship. Yeah. These are not the vibes. No, we are not forcing things. No forced relationships. You can bow out gracefully. No forced ponytails. No forced nothing. (laughs) And I like what you said earlier. So you mentioned mentor mentoring contracts right Mm -hmm. so there's all these different types of documents that you can create 
that help you like establish what the norms are in your relationship with someone. Like if this is something like, especially like in an academic setting, this is a really good strategy where, you know, maybe you do an assumptions hunt Mm. and you write down what you want in the mentorship relationship, the person or people that you are approaching, they do the same. And you all talk about like, okay, this is what I expect out of this mentorship relationship. This is how often I would like to meet. This is the times that I have available to meet. This is my preferred mode of um, communication. communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can imagine some of those things are going to conflict potentially, but you can talk it out early and make the decision like, this is what will be the best thing for us to move forward in this way that I can support you. And vice versa. Yeah, and don't be surprised if you are on the mentee side of that relationship to pick up a lot of the heavy work because you may have <laughs> to be the one to chase this person. It does not mean that they don't want to meet with you, but there are a lot of things on this person's plate. So you might have to be the one who's always, you know, figuring out the meeting time and, you know, setting up the Zoom call or doing whatever, facilitating whatever it is. So just don't be surprised. Don't feel like they should be the one reaching out to you because unfortunately that's not how it works. This person has a lot at stake. And not to say, oh, mentoring you isn't important, but it's not something that they're getting evaluated based on. It's not something that they have to do. So the easier you make it for them, I think the more readily you'll be able to get the advice that you need. Like if you become a mentee that is not reachable, you never reach out, then what are we doing here? So people know they have to track me down. Everybody has my cell phone number so or they can get my Calendly and that's how you track me down. I had to down. track Kyla down. I had to track her down today okay (laughs) (laughs) it's not to say that like you know her time is more valuable than my time because i don't believe that i don't (laughs) think she believes that but i think it's important to understand like you know we all have stuff right and the easier we can make it on each other this is why the assumptions hunt stuff is really valuable like you can ensure that you are approaching things the way that you know whoever is involved prefers and i think the other piece of this is like you know sometimes you have to just be more accountable to each other right like it's pretty easy for me to tell someone like hey i'm not going to be able to make it today and just leave it at that like i don't have to tell you why i don't have to tell you what's going on but at least i've acknowledged like I'm not going to make it and I can choose to use, you know, if if I'm the person who you're connecting with, like you can choose, they can choose to use that time for something else. Yeah. If you never tell me (laughs) you're not going to be somewhere, that's time that I could have used. Right. Erase this number. something else. (laughs) Right. Don't erase the number. (laughs) But just be like. No, that's what they're saying. Here's what. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what actually went down. Right. And then like be honest and. Be willing to say I messed up. Yeah. So accountability goes a long way in any relationship. Um, So it's not, these are human beings. Even though sometimes we like to treat people yeah, as robots, just sources of knowledge. Right. Yeah. They're also humans who are humaning. So there is that. Mm-hmm. So 
Back to this mentor person, persons, Mm -hmm. how important is it for your mentor to be in your general discipline? Like, let's say you're in engineering or you're in the sciences or, you know, how important is it for them to be in that space? Like in your discipline versus like your larger college slash just another faculty member who understands the university. I, th- I think that really, again, depends on your goal, mm-hmm. right? Like, what are you trying to achieve? And so I think with all relationships, that's where you got to start. Like, what what do you want? Mm-hmm. If you can't answer that question, it's probably unwise to try to seek someone out yeah. for support. Because what are you even looking for? Why are you here? Right? And so start with what do you want? And then, like, if you know, like, you are not going to be waking up in the morning to have a phone call at coffee time in the morning. <laughs> not coffee o'clock. <laughs> coffee o'clock. Don't sign up to work, you know, connect with somebody who's that person. Right. Um, if you are, you know, in an animal lab where you are chopping up bodies for science... And and you're being mentored by someone like me who does qualitative research of narratives. Like, it probably will not be beneficial for me to help advise you on how to properly dissect said animal. I'm going to call PETA on you. Or... I, I, I might that, give you but... some sort of advice where it's like, oh, that actually doesn't work for me because I have to feed my animals over the weekend or, you know. Yeah, like, I don't I don't know what needs to be done for you to be successful at that. Right. Right. So I think if you know, I'm about to sneeze. It's coming. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, like, what you want to accomplish, it's a lot easier than to find somebody who can help you accomplish that whatever that may be. I'll ask this question, Kyla. Like when you were in grad school, was there a time where you were just like, I really need someone to help me with this piece of what I'm doing? (laughs) Absolutely. Like the whole reason I found out I was going to be the first black woman was because I was looking for a mentor. I was like, I need someone to help me navigate this white space as a black woman, because these people are crazy and there are a ton of microaggressions going on. I need to know how she got through this. So there was no she to talk to. So, (laughs) but uh, that was definitely a time where I was like, okay, I need that sort of support. I have my friend Corey, who was literally just a year older than me, but have been in the program. And I'm like, all right, these classes, what do I need to take together? What do I need to not take together? And then even within my own like first research lab, like I had a mentor who was maybe, I think Layla was like maybe four years uh, my senior in the lab. And she helped me through my first IRB in my first but I was like I need to get acclimated to this kind of re- to research with humans in academia yeah. so yeah, yeah so there's people who I'm like okay whatever it is I'm doing right now who is the next closest person who has done this and let me talk to mm-hmm. them about that specific aspect yeah so I, that's a good point like you know we are talking about like faculty for the most part as mentors but your peers yeah. are are a wealth of knowledge, That's right? True. And so your your peers, your near peers. So like I consider Kyla a near peer because she's an associate professor, hey. and I am 
an assistant professor. I feel like we mentor each other. <laughs> got more skin in the game. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but that's that's how it's supposed to be. Correct. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, having those people, like I have, a, my squad is deep, y'all. And I don't even know where to begin to like articulate what it looks like. But I think it's important to know like who the people are that you need to be successful and to have around you. Um, and there's some tools that can help you do that. So they're mentor maps. Mm-hmm. It's literally mentor maps where you can like identify the different categories of what you need. So maybe it's like people who will help you with writing. Yeah. You might want to have some mentors that do that. Um, people who help support you emotionally, right? Like that's my family, right? But it's also like some other people who aren't my family because family Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because they may not even know what it is that you're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot of those people are like near peers who I can tell about my problems, who I know aren't going to tell other people about my problems. That part. Uh, (laughs) You know, I have people for career guidance who are, you know, kind of telling me the steps they took to get to where they are. So with that, I think of like Idalis Villanueva. Mm -hmm. She's an associate professor in my department. I'm so glad we hired her. She knows all the things Aww. and she's, she's like amazing. The Yeah. She's the person that I call and I'm just like, Hey, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to do this. What do you think? And she gives me that support or like Elliot Douglas, who is not in my department, but is someone who's been an NSF program officer and he understands the educational research space in engineering. And that's not something that, you know, there are a lot of faculty in my department who actually have that knowledge. So he's that person that I'm like, should I submit this to this uh, program with this (laughs) this particular program? You know, have you talked to this program officer? What are they really looking for? Like, I know the call says this, but who do they have in mind for real? Exactly. Or like, is there something that I should be thinking about that I'm not thinking about? Um, He's that guy. So, you know, you need those people who can help kind of give you an easy layup in terms of like moving forward. Because otherwise it would be like, I work on this thing. I submit it. It comes back. (laughs) I have all these things that I need to fix. Right. Um, But you can't strategize. Yeah. Like, so like really thinking out loud with someone about how to move forward has been really great. And then I have people who are like external, like far away humans that nobody knows that I'm connected to. They're like secret agents almost. And it's just like, they're just like, have you thought about doing this? Right. And they're so removed from the situation where it's like, they don't have the bias of the university or other things. Like they might present a solution where you're like, yeah, why can't I do that? (laughs) Or why haven't, why haven't they mentioned right. that? Right. <laughs> right. So it it's sometimes good to have people who have a different context. So like as a grad student, I had friends everywhere because I'm an extrovert and I talked to everybody and I stayed in contact with my friends. Yeah. So I'd be like, where y'all going? <laughs> what y'all, y'all do? <laughs> Can I come? Right. Like, and I've always been that person. So just so y'all know, like, that's really how you can like move forward. It's just... Talking to people, knowing what you want, telling people what you need, and asking 
for support when you need it. And not being a difficult person to deal with. If you are pleasant, people do not have a hard time giving you their time. Like I have, it's amazing. I have some students where I'm just like, oh yeah, my schedule's packed, but I have a meeting with this student and I know it's going to be, you know, a a highlight of my day just because that student is either funny or we talk about, you know, interesting stuff or they're just, I don't know, just any sort of thing. So when you make yourself a pleasant person to be around, it makes it that much easier. Yeah. And I think every mentorship relationship is different. Yeah. Right. So have some people, it's like, let me just send them a text message real quick. Right. And it's done. The end. And I have other people, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to tell them about my whole life. (laughs) Right. We got to schedule this thing out for two months in the future to talk. And so we'll talk about all the things going on in my life. And then the next time I'll ask them about like stuff that I actually need. (laughs) And then the next time I'll think about like, you know, both of the things, right. right? Like, so it just depends. And those are just longer, longer engagements that happen over a longer period of time. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to get back to the mentor map that you talked about, and we'll link to that as well. We already got a, a few links we have to give you, but the National Center for Faculty Development and Diversity, or NCFDD, they created this mentor map and they identified about nine different categories of mentorship. So one category is feedback, people who you can give your work in various stages to, like it's an idea versus it's fleshed out versus this is the thing I'm about to turn in you know, give me some help. Sponsorship, uh, usually that's senior faculty or senior people. These are people who can act as, you know, someone who can literally give you access to, uh, to things. And so, and money. yes, and money. Then there's also another category <laughs> that's called access to opportunities. So sometimes you might hear of like an advocate, a sponsor, like these sorts of uh, things, um, these sorts of people. So having one off campus and on campus is important in this category. Accountability is also another set of mentors. Mm-hmm. These can also be peers where many of you are trying to reach the same goals. So you have people who it's like, hey, hold me accountable. I said I was going to write for two hours in the morning. Text me at noon and ask me if I wrote for two hours, you know, just to have that kind of like, and after a while, you might not always say yes, but you might start to track your own (laughs) self to be like, okay, what is keeping me from doing this in the morning? So, and you can be that for other people as well. Um, I would just say Shawnee Daly. Shawnee is the worst accountability person because she's going to hold you to everything that you say you're going to do. And it doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, actually, she sounds like the best. <laughs> no, she's the best. Um, I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying that as a joke. <laughs> but if you don't tell Shawnee that you want to do something because she will make sure that you get it done. So she's she's the worst, best accountability person. <laughs> Uh, The other is professional development. We've talked about that. Emotional support, which is really important. Mm -hmm. That's friends, family, and other. Then role models, people who you actually want to be like. Intellectual community. And then people who are a safe space for you. So I think we've Mm -hmm. touched on a lot of these, just even talking Mm -hmm. about all those categories. But I wanted to make sure um, they have that. So uh, this map is like literally a, a PDF that you can print out and write people's names into. So um, that'll be available on the episode link for this episode. I actually think we should link the one. So the University of Michigan's Rackham School. Of oh, yes. Yeah, so Rackham, Rackham's uh, the graduate school. Oh, graduate school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, um, they redid the, the map. map for graduate students. Oh, now do so that. Let me find that. Yeah. Let me find yeah. out. So they, 
Yeah, I like it a lot. So, and they, there's some like instructions in there. So that might be something good. I think it's good for undergraduate students too, especially those of you who are in research um, to use. And it's got cute colors. Oh, I found so it. Let me take a Kind of looks like the zebra in the back of my uh, background back here. Hilarious. Oh, they have a whole mentor, yeah. graduate student mentoring guide. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. We're going to link to that so, too. Okay. <laughs> Y'all got homework. Uh, okay. So I think the next question that we should talk about is like, um, how do you maintain? Wait, no, that's not it. Is that it? Which one? No. Oh, it's how important is representation? Yes. In choosing a mentor. So, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of glossed over the disciplinary thing. What do you want is really the the response I had to that. Right. But representation um, does actually matter. And there's research that shows that if you have this alignment between your identities um, with your mentors, that it can be even better of outcomes for you um, to achieve the goals that you're trying to achieve. So... um, That being said, I want to bring up this space that I'm really excited about that I haven't really talked about yet, I don't think, in my uh, engagements with people. Um, So there is this amazing book by Tori Wieston-Serdan called Critical Mentoring, A Practical Guide. And I, Dallas is the person who pointed me to this, so... Shout out to Adalis for just being awesome still. Being a mentor all the um, time. Being a mentor. <laughs> a mentor giving me a book on mentorship. Look at that. <laughs> so um, basically, like, it's the first book that I have read cover to cover in a very long time. Um, I'm the type of person who'll just, like, read stuff and put it down and forget <laughs> it exists. Same. But I've actually, like, reread this book, which is nuts to me, because I'm just so excited about it. Um, and... It really focuses, so um, Tori really does a lot of, like, youth action activities. So, like, she's working with, like, youth development groups. She has an organization that supports uh, youth mentorship. And so a lot of her content focuses on children and kids. Um, But it's all stuff that can translate into, especially, like, at the undergraduate and graduate student levels, what we can do to be more effective at mentorship. And so the first thing that's discussed in this book is centering the voice of the individuals being mentored. Mm. Right. So we already discussed this, like we're no longer uh, ascribing to this hierarchical um, idea of what mentorship looks like. It's not, I know everything and you know, nothing. It's we're both relational partners in this and um, we're trying to help each other achieve our goals. Right. Right. But the second thing is about identity and like culturally aware mentoring um, intersectionality, like this critical lens that we can place on mentorship and how important that is because, you know, there's a lot less barrier to entry if you understand who I am. Yeah. Without me having to explain 
who I am. And so if I all, all the time have to articulate like, well, because I'm black, this is my experience, or because I'm a woman, this is my experience, like, that gets pretty exhausting. Right. It's not, it's an explicit way for you to be othered constantly in a relationship with someone. If I don't have to say that stuff, it, it saves me a lot of hassle. You get to the point a whole lot quicker. Right, like, I just get it. Kyla tells me somebody touched her hair. <laughs> you should I understand. Guess it. You don't have to explain it to me, right? So yeah, it's definitely something that does matter. But that being said, it's kind of unrealistic to expect that you will find individuals who, you know, align perfectly with all of your identities. Because we are very multifaceted human beings. And, you know, I do think that it would be ideal for me to have, like, a mentor. Maybe an aspirational mentor who is a black woman. Yeah. Um, but right now, like, my mentors are a black man. A white woman. A Latina woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I think that that's all great and wonderful and that I have like those like aspirational mentors in my life do I have peers who like are like me 100% yes but for the most part like I'm not gonna find that and I've I've had to like come to terms with that because it's really hard because just because there is another black female in the room that does not mean yep <laughs> <laughs> all skin folk and folk is what I was to call it yeah yeah. Um, and the other piece of that is like really charting out like what you need to be successful is also a lot easier when you have someone who's looks like you, who's been through what you've been through because you, you can trust it, right? Like yeah. they made it. It's like I can see myself being that person. So I think those are good things. Um, yeah. I have a story in the reverse th- for this one. So um what happens when you have someone who may not have the same life experiences as you or have you know the same demographic so um your advisor is not always your mentor but in my case in grad school mine was um because i Mm -hmm. initially went to him for advice on how to navigate the program so that started off you know the whole relationship and like i just really like how he does work like just in general so you know there'd be sessions where you know I'm trying to figure out, okay, I need to write clearly like him and do this X, Y, and Z. There came a time when I was finishing up my dissertation and I become, or finishing up my proposal and I passed flying colors. It was great. And then um, he was like, well, the graduate committee feels as though, you know, you're in too many extracurricular activities and that you're not serious about your scholastics. And so these extracurriculars were the very thing that were that was keeping me in school because these are the people that was talking me off the ledge. Like you don't tell a black person, hey, cut off your black community <laughs> because basically oh you're gosh. struggling. No. So cut off your family and just stay over here in the struggle house. So this is a point where like, 
these white men could not tell me how to be black. Like they can't tell me the type of community that I need because they've never been in a situation where they're the only mm-hmm. person who looks like them and they face the same struggle. So I'm like, respectfully, no. <laughs> like I told them that I quit, but I, I definitely did not. Um, so, cause I was like the <laughs> vice president maybe of like two organizations at the same time. It's overlapping people, they, whatever. You rent a room, it's not that, you know, it's not that intense. Rent a room, rent some food. It's not that it's deep. Not that deep. Right. Like yeah. it's not taking a bunch of time out of my day. And I'm like, okay, so for them, this mentor is telling me to do something that's against everything that I need as a black person. Like I would never tell anyone of color or anyone from a marginalized group to cut off their community because they're not going to be seen as a scholar. So you're telling me scholar is white and male and don't need nobody. So that's, yeah. So that's just another Case and he actually came up to me um, recently when I went back to you know do my whole Kyla tour and he was like I'm so glad that you politely declined my advice because I told him I was like I told you I quit I didn't <laughs> what you gonna do fire me take back my PhD but you know I was like you know this is one of the reasons because I need this community <laughs> yeah no that's real um, you know I think sometimes people are really well-meaning in the advice that they give. And this is why I, I have a committee of people and not an individual that I seek that guidance from. Cause you know, like let's run this through some people who are from our backgrounds. They're going to absolutely be like, he didn't know what he's talking exactly. about. Right? Like, exactly. Right. So, you know, sometimes that is beneficial to have. Um, it is a luxury to have though, right? Like not everybody has that. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I, I take people's advice in stride. Like nobody knows everything. Right. And if they pretend that they do, they don't know nothing. they're probably not somebody <laughs> you want to be your mentor. Right. Okay. Like <laughs> just based on experience. Yeah. Okay. I don't care what they tell you. Like, my advisor told me, like, look at my wall. I've received awards for being a mentor. And I'm like, congratulations. This is not 1991 anymore. So, you know, like, don't let people, let people show you who they are. Exactly. Period. And move, go from there. Go from <laughs> there. Because they will tell you. They will absolutely tell you. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, they'll tell you what's cool. important to cool. them. And then they might have their own regrets. Like, I know someone who is definitely a workaholic. But everyone, you know, is like, oh, this person is so great. They researched it, this, they, that. Their kids, you know, got old enough to go to college. And I remember them saying they regret not being there while their kids were growing up. So, you know, that's why we try to look at who has a life that looks like something you actually want to have. Because... Yeah. yeah, that's why it's like it's so people can't they can only give you advice from their own context because everybody and I think right. is doing making the best decisions that they know at the time. But you can always look back mm-hmm. and say, hey, I shouldn't have done that. It doesn't mean they're giving you bad advice. They're just giving you what they thought was the best at that point in time. So it means they're human. Exactly. Right? They are humans, human. We all make poor choices. It's just <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's what you learn from them those bad choices and like how you move forward that really matters. And, you know, my, my thought process is like, I don't care. I really don't care to be like renowned or whatever. Right. Like I want to do good work and I don't want to 
you know, hurt anybody in the process. <laughs> do no evil. <laughs> right. Like do no harm. Yeah. And I think in the academy, because of how it's structured, because it wasn't designed for us, because of so many things, um, like it's just not wired that way. It's not wired in a way to like promote having a family and a life and friendships and real relationships with people. And if you follow the structure they want you to follow, you would have none of the things. Right. Cause you'd be married to your work. Exactly. Um, and that's just not how our society is going to move forward. It's just not. Yeah. So there has to be, a shift in like focusing on like your well-being and what you need to be successful and i think you know kyla does an excellent job (laughs) (laughs) at um modeling that like you know add some kyla time on to this work time take time to like you know do random things like every Halloween, her friends have like ridiculous costume parties and oh, it's like yes. people from all over the place come together for their group costume situation. Oh, she yes. has house parties and stuff. Like she's on a different on a different level of like people can be in her house because she doesn't have a toddler. <laughs> um and so like, you know, I see that and I'm like, you know, I could I could just go over there, you know, like I don't have to, I don't have to do the things, but I could just be there. But you arranged you know? the and things, you arranged our retreat. I, I do. Yeah. I like planning things and like, you know, I'm, my next adventure is to plan our ski trip because oh, someone yeah. else in my household is not going to do it. Okay. So even though he volunteered himself to do it, which really was volunteering me. Anyways. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So finding a balance of like stuff that you enjoy doing, like, I was presented this opportunity to study abroad. Like, and by study abroad, I mean like lead a study abroad. Man. And I'm like, my filter now is how does this help with tenure and promotion? Yeah. Because my mentor got me on that journey yeah. when I was a postdoc. So everything runs through that filter. Yeah. And so the answer is it doesn't. <laughs> it's just really cool. You're right. But then, but then the next question is, is it something I want to do? Do you want to do it? And the answer is, I mean, I would love to live in Brazil for a couple of weeks. That'd be fire. Right. If someone else pay for it, yeah, of course. And also something um, and you so, want to do helps with your mental yeah. health. Like sometimes you have to yeah. have these passion projects to make you want to do the other stuff that sometimes can suck the life out of you. Well, then I was like, well, maybe it can help with tenure and promotion. Let's design a study. And get a paper out of it. Exactly. And then I talked about it with the person who was asking me to do it. And they're like, yeah, I was actually thinking about doing that. And I'm like, great. Lovely. And so let's write about it. You know, (laughs) if I didn't have that filter that my mentor gave me, I wouldn't have even thought to do that opportunity because it would have just been something that was superfluous, even though it would have been fun. Um, and now I get to do both. I get to have fun and I get to have something that benefits my career and it's a win-win-win. And that's what mentors can help you with, helping you to achieve your goals, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, let it count for you professionally. And that 
is only the advice that someone more senior in the field can give you. Because you can take on lots of stuff and be like, hmm, I should have collected data on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> or I could have, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. but sometimes folks can see right. stuff just as it comes and put two and two together mm-hmm. for you where you didn't already. Mm-hmm. All right. So we had a lot of other sort of questions to speak to, but I think we talked about a lot of these um, in our previous discussions, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so let's do one more. What do you think? Okay. okay. That's fine. So uh, I think we've already talked about what what do you do or how do you know when a mentoring relationship isn't working for you? But have you ever had to turn down a mentorship relationship either as the, we'll, we'll give both sides. So either as a mentee or as the mentor and what do you do? Um, I actually told a student this summer that she shouldn't work with me anymore and not because I like, I, she's amazing. She's wonderful. And she does great work. But what she wants to do career wise has nothing to do with what I do. Yeah. And so instead, I made an introduction to one of my colleagues in civil engineering. And I'm like, Jayla's amazing. Can she work with you? And um, yeah, so I turned I turned that relationship down. I was like, no, you can't be here anymore. <laughs> no, and that makes all the sense in the world. Like I have a lot of undergrad students who, um, especially when I was teaching the intro class and they're like, oh my gosh, please mentor me. So I made them all in a group and I was like, this is mentor day. <laughs> and then, you know, this is, I'm not going to talk to all of you individually, but you know, we can do lunch once a month and y'all can ask me whatever you want to ask me. So that was a way I sort of said no to individual mentoring, but y'all can sit with me while I eat my lunch and ask me some questions. So mm-hmm. like that was sort of a strategic sort of thing. And, you know, it was really good because once it was time to write my tenure letters, they've all gone off and they're wonderful companies. And they were able to say like, Dr. McMullen helped me. She taught me Aww. how to code literally. <laughs> so, you know, that was really cool. But um, when people now, like I'm definitely very aware of my capacity. So if I think mm-hmm. I'm going to be terrible, I try to frame it in that way to the person and just say hey like you said Jeremy I'm not the right person for this or I am the right person I just don't have the time right now I might tell them one Mm -hmm. of my grad students can mentor them for their specific role because that also helps them learn how to be a mentor but um, usually I don't say no I'll do no but here is another resource another person another tree to knock on or door to knock on so that they can have some sort of advice or make an introduction Mm -hmm. to someone so yeah I can't think I mean the other way around like I mean I tried to say no to Juan (laughs) we see how that turned out oh man Um, trying to think if there's well I know one case of yours but I'm not gonna bring that up because it's messy yeah (laughs) when I started the question I was like ooh wait (laughs) no 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 we're not gonna talk about that but um, I'm trying to think about who has ever wanted to be a mentor and just or maybe I just stopped listening to them because I'm really good at just being like "Mm -hmm, I'm not gonna do what you say but I'm gonna just shake my head for the time being and continue on my path (laughs) yeah um you know 
I mean, I've, <laughs> I've had other people who've tried to mentor me. I have people who think they mentor me. <laughs> um, and I just let people believe that um, on some levels. But, you know, you, you're the only person who gets to decide who your mentors are. And, you know, and you get to be a part of defining what that looks like. Yeah. And if you aren't, I don't think that it's not, it, I mean, it can still be beneficial, but it's probably going to feel a little forced. Yeah. Right? And trust so. your gut in a lot of these, you know, situations as well. Like if something just does not sit right with you, it's for a reason. Right. All of that. So, yeah. I feel like we did a good job talking about mentorship. I think so, too. About mentors and mentees. We talked about a lot of evidence-based approaches to mentorship. That is very true. Did you want to talk any more about have... the critical mentoring? I was just going to say, if y'all have questions, oh, you're, yeah. feel free to like reach out to me. You can obviously talk to Kyla, too, because <laughs> she's mentored people. No, Jeremy is the mentorship expert, so definitely yeah. reach out. Um yeah, I forgot what I was going to say just that fast. Oh, yeah, all of the resources that we talked about will be linked in the episode. Oh, yeah, I was going to say they don't ever uh, reach out to us. So send us some messages. Yeah. We're nice. What's that about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So you can, go to, you can get it's in okay. our DMs on Instagram, Modern Figures Podcast. You can send us a message on Twitter, Mod Figs Pod, Facebook. We have a whole page that you can write on. So just so we don't feel like we're just yeah. talking into the bits, because we know y'all listening. We get the download counts, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's okay. Right. That'd be all right. Maybe they're introverts. Maybe we're just expecting too oh, much. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to ask us at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.